Welcome in to the Georgia preview of Pin It Deep. I am Max Duffy with Miles. We've got Charles Walker joining us in a couple of minutes, Miles, but he's just on his drive home from another date night on a Thursday night. I always appreciate Charles and the time that he has for his girlfriend. It's great to see. Well, and it's nice that he at least allows us to get in on the dessert of the date night as well. So, yeah, thanks yeah. We, I hope we don't cut in any late night dessert that he's going home to get, Miles. That's all. I'm just worried about we, we cut out his date night and we intrude. But I'm sure she probably sits back and enjoys listening to Pin It Deep. Yeah, I'm sure it's like dinner, drinks and whatever after and whatever is turned from some fun into this, which is more fun for one of them than the other, probably. <laughs> hey, uh, firstly, to the people, to our listeners, we got some good feedback from the last show, Miles. It wasn't a very positive show. It was a very, unfortunately, negative show as we lost to Vanderbilt. But we got some very good feedback, so we appreciate that. Um, mainly positive, which was good. Um, we're going to keep trying to do, you know, as always, a little bit of serious stuff, but then plenty of uh, lighthearted stuff too. So we always appreciate that, Miles. I don't like it because it makes me, like, want us to now lose each week almost. It's like, is that what produces a better show is when we lose? I don't understand. Yeah, I didn't think the negativity would be that well received either, but apparently it is. Um, I'm not sure we're going to be a whole lot more positive today, Miles, but we're going to try and keep it a little bit more upbeat. We do have the Georgia Bulldogs coming up. They're ranked number one in the country, um, led by, obviously, Kirby Smart. I want to start, Miles, though, with just a little bit of a downer, and then we'll get into our usual segments. We'll get into boys do what they want to do, men do what they have to do. We'll get to the big dogs. We'll get to your Twitter questions. But it would be remiss of us to not start with this, Miles. And we kind of covered it last uh, last Sunday in our post-game show. Um, and since then, it's just kind of come out of nowhere again. So we talked a little bit about Tavion Robinson. Well, it's even escalated since then. There was an interview on Tuesday this week um, with Dekel Crowdis, And they asked him, what's been going on? Why has the, the offense been breaking down the red zone? And he said, well, I would have to say it was the play calling. Um, obviously some, some significant honesty from Dekel there. I don't really want to cover whether he's right or wrong because to me it's kind of irrelevant, Miles, but I'll let you have first crack at it tonight. When things like this start happening in the locker room and there seems to be a little bit of a divide at the moment, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but there seems to be a little bit of divide. What do you? What's your take on it? What do you think about the whole situation and, and kind of where do we go forward from here? Well, I mean... Obviously, to state the clear white elephant, you can't have that in the locker room. Um, I don't know how close they are, but I don't think there's any coincidence that Tavion a couple weeks ago is pointing fingers and a little bit uh, throwing some shade. And then a younger guy in the same position room not long after kind of feels the need to also do the same thing. I would say if someone was leading by a better example in that room, you wouldn't see younger guys taking similar action that Dekel did this week. Um but obviously that's going to create some division within the locker room because if you've got anybody that's pro Scangarello, if you've got anybody that's against it, you're going to have the defensive guys chiming in now. Like it's just going to kind of pit everybody against each other, coaching staff included, because I'm sure there's Stoops said he was meeting hours with Scangarello on Sunday. I'm sure the defensive coaches aren't happy with how the offense is going. It just seems like the team as a whole is not very divided and things only got worse with that comment. You mean they are divided? Yeah, they are divided. Yeah. Look, I'll, I'll go and then we can debate a little bit. Chuck, if you want to chime in from the, the warmth of your car, you chime in, in a little bit too. Because, I, I mean, you are you were a wide receiver, so you can chime in. I'll give my little take. Look, 
it's 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 irrelevant whether he's right or wrong. He could be a hundred percent right. You can't say that. You can't come out and throw your coach under the bus and just go, yeah, play calling. Because Miles, if it was Wandale Robinson and he'd had fifteen touchdowns and over a thousand yards receiving, Wandale still wouldn't do it. But maybe you can come out and say, look, I'm doing my part. But the Kells a bench player, like. I'm sure he regrets it. I'm sure it was just a young guy's moment where he was like, oh, I just thought I was doing the right thing, saying what I thought. And I am not want to put too much blame on him. But in general, I think you're exactly right. When Tavion comes out, he's the leader of that room, and he's the senior. When he comes out and starts liking tweets and talking about how bad the offensive coordinator is and how bad the play calling is, it just gives license for everyone to go for it. Then it's free reign. Like, that's our leader doing that. We can all do that. Again, I'll go back to what I said on KSR this morning. When we had Wondale last year, the best thing about him was not how good he was as a player. When he came in, the first thing I heard about him during the first week was he works harder than everyone. He's diligent. He's already taken meetings and talking to the guys about how we can make this offense better. He worked out as hard as anyone else, and he was humble, and he was a nice guy around the locker room. When your best player is doing that and your leader does that, that makes everyone else think that that has to be the standard. Because if the best guy's doing it, I have to do it. Same as Luke Fortner on the offensive line. Great guy, works hard, diligent, looks at all the plays, spends time studying, no complaining, no point in the finger, just what can I do better to make this work? Now, again, it's irrelevant whether he's right or wrong. As always, as a player and as a coach, everyone inside, whether it's a football, whether it's business, whether it's Chuck with his life insurance, oh, sorry, just insurance in general, not life insurance, I'm thinking of Mason Wall. Um, it's let's look in the mirror first and then let's discuss things afterwards and probably in the sanctity of a meeting and not out in the public eye in front of everyone. You know, and, and you, everything you're saying is correct and, and what Miles is saying is correct. Let's touch on the thing. You can't go public with it ever. First off, you just can't do that. Secondly, he not only plays bench, he plays left bench. He's extremely talented. He's extremely talented and he could be a really good receiver but this is a sign of immaturity. It's a sign that he won't be the next Wandell Robinson, who, as you alluded to, those are the first things I heard as well. Not only does he have the fastest feet and the crispest routes, but he also is a leader. He's humble, and he wants to be better. To me, coming out in an interview is just – you just can't yeah. do it. And yeah. honestly, I don't know if he meant what he was saying. You know, I haven't seen the video. He could have been like, well, I think it was just play calling out. Either that or maybe it was a total shout-out on Scangarello. I'm not sure. Either or, he's a redshirt freshman. You make dumb mistakes. Let's see if he comes back on his word or let's see if even he gets an opportunity this week to play. So uh, I think some things went on during the week after that that I know he may have had to do to kind of win back a little bit of trust in the locker room. I won't reveal. Better been rolling. is. <laughs> I, I just want to harp on the point that and we'll get on to some other stuff that's a little bit more lighthearted. But it is, is serious because it is maybe – I mean, that's why we're losing games at the moment. I think it's a huge part of it is – and I want to stress, I don't think it's his fault. And when you're 18, 19, you're going to make mistakes, right? You're going to say stupid things. You probably haven't had a whole lot of media training. You probably don't think big picture of this is – if this comes out, what will this say? But that's, again, where not only do you need the leadership of the coaches, but you need the leadership of the guys around you. And when they just come out and and Tavion set the standard and you do that, then everyone thinks they can follow suit and everyone thinks it's free reign. 
And that's why it's so important. That's why Miles, I don't want to go back to it because we talked about it a lot on Saturday. But the leadership of the guys around you are the reason why these kind of things happen. I don't want to stress on it too much, but I just want to say then, or go to the next part of it. Where does this leave us now going into Georgia? Like, is that, are we just done? Like, is it just divided where it's like, let's set up shop and wait for next year and someone's got to go? Or, or can you bring this back in within a week? I'll start with you, Chuck. Miles, I'll, I'll take this one. As you can see here, you're actually talking to Dakel Crowdis now. <laughs> I'm sorry for what I said. I did not mean the words that I said. I was frustrated after a tough practice and a tough loss. I believe in this football team. I'm ready to be better, and we are all ready to be better and take on the number one Georgia Bulldogs at home with the support of Big Blue Nation and our wonderful coaches here at the University of Kentucky. Well, thank you, Dakel. Thank you very much. Miles? Well, I didn't expect an interview from him this week, but he was glad for him to join us for a bit. Oh, he's in a nice shirt and tie, too. He looks good after work today. <laughs> no, I, I think, I mean, you can have the punishment after, and I'm not against that, but this isn't like a, you showed up late to workouts, um, like go run extra sprints, like just get over it. There needs to be more of like, probably like you're saying, a sit-down discussion between him and Scangarello, him and Stoops, him and the offense as a whole, and say, hey, like, why are we not on the same page? Can we figure out how to get on the same page? I understand that maybe the O-line hasn't played great. I think everybody in the room, from Will all the way down, would say they haven't lived up to their standard consistently throughout the year. Skangarella would, I think, say the same thing. They just need to focus on how can all of them improve together instead of pointing the fingers and singling each other out. Yeah, and, that, and ultimately, and we'll move on again in a second, but ultimately I think – that conversation, I hope, has happened at some stage because clearly, whether rightly or wrongly, he hasn't been able to get through to this group in the way that he would like to because the results haven't happened. And guys coming out and saying this kind of stuff. Now, whether that is his fault, whether it's not, whether it's a reflection on the playing group, whether it's a reflection on him, ultimately, he's the OC and it all falls on him. So I hope that conversation has happened, Miles, um, because I don't want to see us get shut out this week. I don't want to see us just be dismal and not try. And here's my here's my worry about this week. And you guys give me your thoughts on what we lead into here. But we've scored only one touchdown in the last three games against Georgia. Last year, Chris Rodriguez, given the Cohen offense, which was the best offensive display we've had against in the last three, had seven yards rushing. And we can't just hand the ball off to him like we can against every other team and just hope he keeps us in it. If the, if the wide receivers and our quarterback's not playing well. So we need to figure things out very, very fast, Miles. Otherwise, this could turn ugly on Saturday. Well, yeah, this could be an ugly day. And like we're saying, like, I hope it doesn't end this way. Because as young as the guys are, a lot of people say, well, what are we playing for now? Like, obviously, we're not in the race for the East playoff, any of that. We're not going probably to a New Year's Six Bowl. Like, why should we care? Hopefully there's enough, like, pride and morale in that room where they can say, hey, let's put up a good effort against Georgia, see how the cards fall, let's beat Louisville, and let's win a bowl game and finish the year strong. Yeah, I was going to say, the only this is the one and only thing, that, and it's hard to quantify this, but you can just tell when you're watching the game. It's more of a feeling than actual stat. I'm sure yeah. there'll be some stats that go along with it. But we just want to see effort. Just want yes. to see the guys try, fly around the field, make some tackles. We want to see some wide receivers catching and running through two guys. We want to see Chris like he was against Vandy running through three or four. We want to see Will. Uh, dude, I even want to see Will just tuck it and run and just see. I mean, I don't care about you. 
Oh wow! Oh. You're moving. I don't. I hope we. Ha I hope you know the camera's on. Sorry for everyone that's listening to this. Chuck's just removing the shirt here in front of the camera. So if you want to see him remove his shirt, go to YouTube and watch this. Um, I'll continue. I just want to see the guys with a bit of effort. I want to see, uh, dude. I know this is probably too hard on him. I want to see Will run and take some hits. I want to see like the O line just give do something. And obviously the offense. Need, I mean the defense needs to improve on last week. But they're always come to play, and I feel like Brad White does a great job. Now, two weeks in a row wouldn't be great, but I just want to see something, Chuck. What do you need to see this week? You know, and, and I, I was listening to you all talk, I swear. But the thing about it is it's these seniors are going to go out, and this is their senior year. So, yes, we're not battling for the East. Uh, there's no New Year's Six Bowl, most likely. You still have pride, and that's something that is a core value to Mark Stoops in this program. Attitude, toughness, discipline, pride. So if you're going to tell me that we should just lay over or because this is the number one team in Georgia and they're a powerhouse and they're great and Kirby Smart's the best, so we're going to lose, guys. That's not how Mark Stoops rolls, okay? Call him what you want, but he is a hot-headed players coach that can get you riled up, okay? So I, I do believe, I do hope that that team comes out and, as you all alluded to, plays hard, whether that means – it's a little chippy out there, or we connect on a deep ball. It's a 22-point spread, okay? It's not a 40-point spread. You know, Georgia, Georgia Vandy was 40 points. I'm not going to talk on last week because, of course, that was pitiful. Um, and I might have hopped on live, plus 145 on the money line a couple <laughs> times. So that one stung a little bit. When Ox got the hands to the face, that one stung even more. But I, I'm not done giving up on this team. I'll be there. We're leaving Louisville at 8.30 a.m. on Saturday. We pull in Lexington at 10, set the tailgate up. We're in the orange lot. You'll see a big Kentucky flag as well as a Tennessee flag. Clay Senta, my best friend, who runs a tailgate. His mom's a Tennessee fan. She's from Knoxville. You'll see us. Come by. But I do believe in this team, and I'm taking those 22 points and might even take them for a segment later today. We cannot promote – violence but if no. there was ever a time where i'm all in on the team just having an all-in brawl with someone else just show some fight like just get out there and show us that you care about winning and it means something to you now again don't don't go miles garrett on and we don't need to pull the helmets off and start swinging no. them but hey seriously what like let's do something let's stand for something like what do we we don't really stand for much at the it, moment it's it does yeah it's the number one team in the country who cares do whatever needs to be done start do the play against south carolina again run it again the first play of the game run the end around i'm all for it do it do anything we can try everything and anything it doesn't have to be as much as we're joking, and I don't disagree with you. Even like, say, Will gets hit late on something, like an offensive lineman just pushing the D lineman to the ground and saying, like, "Hey, we're not hitting our quarterback like that." Like, not nah. like just standing up for the guys. I don't feel like that. That's been there. No, no, it hasn't. And, and I, I go back to two thousand and twenty. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty. We got rolled at Missouri, and it was effortless. And we had four. I think we had three or four goal line stands. Like it was an unbelievable display by the defense. We ended up losing like twenty to ten or something. But Stoops showed all of them, and every single time we got a goal line stand, he said, "Look at our bench right now," and we're all sitting down. And that was the game when they all stood over Calvin Joseph, boss man fat, and got right in his face. And he was like, "Why can't we do this? Why do we lose this sometimes?" So I want to see that. Uh, we'll go back to Georgia because we've got some Twitter questions on them, but. If, uh, if someone got the helmet off and started swinging at Miles, that would be a man probably doing what they have to do. 
We have a segment every single Thursday leading into the game. Boys do what they want to do. Men do what they have to do. Chuck, I know you're new to this, so I'll just shorten it as we always do. B-D-W-T-W-T-D-M-D-W-T-H-T-D. Just to make things much more simple and clear for you. Boys do what they want to do. Men do what they have to do. Miles, I'll tell you what. On Saturday, it is going to be cold. But what can't the Kentucky guys do? Nah, you can't pull the covers up in the morning. You can't hit snooze. You can't be all cold and freezing in your bed and all complaining with the warm jacket, standing by the hand warmers on the sideline. All for now. No, you can't nah, do it. Can't do it. Can't do I it. I used to do that. I used to do that, do but it, they but can't. Men would not. Charles, we will start with you. You've had one shot at this last week. You get try number two. Who is your man and who is your boy of this week? All right, my boy this week is, I only know, it's Sam Bankman Fry, <laughs> Freed, whatever his name is, the, the, the CEO, the CFO of STX, because he is a straight fraud. Sigmund he Freud? Stole God knows how many billions of dollars from, yep, no, not him, not Sigmund Freud. He stole a billion dollars from the hardworking people of America. He is my boy of the week. It is not sports related. You didn't have any vested. You, you didn't have any vested interest in that, did you? That's not a. I I got out of crypto. I bought <laughs> Ethereum at thirteen hundred. I bought three of them. I got out at fifteen hundred and said, "I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Get me out of here." I made a profit on crypto. I'm a legend. I'm a genius. That's, that's all I oh, Austin. did. Well, we, we do have one regular on the show, Charles, um, as you pause and, and go through with the bad Wi-Fi. Clearly, the, the budget isn't in, included in the Wi-Fi at the moment, <laughs> keeping the girlfriend. But uh, KY Investor probably would have had something to say about that, Miles, if we were going live. Every time he used to come on and we'd ask him for a tip, he would just, what was it, like long-term mutual funds or something. He'd, he'd <laughs> never give us an actual stock. Who's your man of the week, Charles? My man of the week is... He's about to play in about, I guess, 30 minutes. Maybe he's already off. Aaron Rodgers, I was at the Packers game. He, in that terrible haircut, led the Packers to a overtime victory against the Dallas Cowboys. And guess who just had Packers money line? I did. He's my man of the week. Wow. Miles, I feel like we got rid of one Packers Aaron Rodgers fan and we just replaced him with another. Literally. Aaron Rodgers will be the next one on in the in the role after Chuck. Here's here's my quick theory on that, now that I think about it. We know Brent was going to Lambeau. We know Chuck was going to Lambeau. Is there a little like Brent just skinned Charles alive and is wearing his skin right now? Although I I'm not sure he would have fit into that shirt quite as well as you. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say he wasn't the prime specimen that you are. But I don't know, Miles. I don't know if I could go from one Aaron Rodgers fan to another. How was Lambeau, Chuck? I've never been. I'll tell you this much. I actually I respect Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't call myself an Aaron Rodgers fan. But when you go to Lambeau Field for the first time, I was with a, an insurance carrier. I do not sell life insurance, but I was with an insurance carrier. We were in their suite at Lambeau Field, so I would not be caught dead cheering for the Cowboys while I'm being hosted by someone that is obviously Packers-based and Packers-run. So that is why he's my man of the week. And it was some good coin. It was perfect. It's just what I needed. After that <laughs> loss with FTX, my boy of the week. Miles? Boy of the week in a similar UK football fashion. 
a certain NBA superstar, Kevin Wayne Durant is my boy of the week. Yeah. I will say on here, as a Kevin Durant fan, I truly think he's the best basketball player I have ever seen. And I, you, Max hates him. I think he's unbelievably good. But this week was just like, yeah, I don't know how you expect me to win. Listed the guys on his roster and said, it's just kind of all on me. What do y'all expect me to do? So Kevin Durant for, go ahead. Yeah, I could not believe it. It was like UK football at the moment. Like That's what I'm saying. It's not my fault. It's everyone else on my team. I saw now, again, I, I'm a big fan, so I'm a little bit biased. LeBron had probably the worst team in the history of the NBA and still took him to the finals one year, Miles. I mean, granted, I'll, you said earlier you would understand it a little more if it was Wyndell Robinson. Durant is averaging like a 30-point triple-double a game. He's doing his part, but you don't say that in public. You cannot. Yeah, how, would you, how would you feel walking – it's one thing saying about a coach. Could you imagine if you walked into that Nets practice the next day and you're like, you just said we were the worst players of all time? Literally. That's basically what he said. I wouldn't have shown up the next day. If Charles? you feel like you're playing by yourself, then play by yourself then. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Uh, and well, then man of the week. Hold on, uh, hold on. I need to hear Chuck's thoughts on Kevin Durant. Uh-oh. Hey, at least at least those grown men are getting paid. You know, they're getting paid. So uh, KD is a terrible leader. I get that. I would never do something like that. At the end of the day, I think it just shows your true color when you go publicly with something that should be established privately. Or maybe you're even too big of a – B word to say it privately, so you have to say it publicly. Hey, and you were the best player on a very dismal offense back in your day, Charles. I never saw you come out and say that. You had you had scrubs like CJ Conrad, Benny Snell, Logan Stinberg, all these all these terrible players. You never came out and said that. Garrett Johnson, he's like number four overall in UK receiving yards. He was terrible. Are you kidding me? I led that team. I was the one they would go to for the long ball touchdown to win the game. Okay. Right. I never called anyone out. Dorian Baker, Blake Bone, they're six, 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 four. Who cares? I'm five, ten and a half. Throw the ball to me. Well, uh, man of the week after a disappointing result Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday night for the basketball team. It was good to see Dickie V back. Oh, Dick yeah. Vitale, yeah. after his battle with cancer, he's back on the uh, on the set as the announcer. He's kind of the all-time basketball voice, I have to think. Um, it was good to see him back on set calling the game. Have you got a have you got a favorite quote of his? Because he obviously has a lot of uh Dickieism. Uh, JJ di- Reddick, baby. Diaper dandy. Diaper dandy's pretty good. It was good to see him back. It was good to see him back. My boy of the week, Miles. Um, yourself, you're a big coffee lover. Chuck, I'm not sure if you are, but I can imagine you're into a little bit of coffee, dabble in it. My boys. My boys slash girls of the week, because I don't want to just say it's all boys that work here. The Starbucks workers that started the Red Cup Rebellion saying that it's the hardest day of the year to, to serve and all these people want Red Cups and it's just so it's so overwhelming and they just went on strike. I'm sorry. Hey, Miles, that's your job. Get I'll the be, coffee out to I'll the be very honest. How can you go to Ernst & Young and and work a full day without a, a, a gut full of caffeine just because they don't want to hand out red cups. I have no idea what you're talking about. The okay. union. The Starbucks workers yes. have one. They have this one day a year or something where they hand out red cups instead of the white Starbucks. It's like this Christmas one. They all want to revolt and say we're not working. It's literally called the Red Cup Rebellion. They don't want to work. 
because they said they get so overwhelmed with people wanting to come in and get that like red cup for the day because it's such a gimmicky thing for the day. They do all these Christmas drinks and stuff. They just said, we just get overwhelmed. It's too much for us. Um, Starbucks puts so much pressure on us for this one day. We're not doing it. How confused do you think Stoops would be when he got his different colored cup the other day? <laughs> you know, he went by two and was all like, why is this? What is going on? He's like, who had to die for this cup? Yeah. I didn't ask for a shot of blood in it. Wait, wait, wait. Inside information here. Hold on. Right. Oh. What's going on? We've got, we've got a Matt Jones inside all information. Right, I have here. to come on here a minute. If he's going to say all this slander about Starbucks, it's because they're unionizing and they're going on strike today because this is the busiest Starbucks day of the year. And by going on strike today, it makes their strongest statement for their union. It's not because they're lazy. Miles, they're going on strike. Here's the thing. Listen to Mr. When... Pro-Capitalist over here. <laughs> a worker trying to bust all the union shops, Max Duffy. Yeah, get him out. Here's the thing, Miles. There's one saying that I live by. Don't ruin a good story with the truth. <laughs> Do not ruin a good story with the truth. It ruins everything. Here's my man of the week. Okay. If, if there was three of us in Buffalo this Sunday... Only one of us would have our head above the snow. We've got two people on this podcast under six foot. There's hey, six foot on. of snow predicted. You guys would both be lost. I, we may have a podcast of only one. My man of the week, and I hope I'm saying this right, Eula, the Greek god of snow, Miles. He is just sending it down. He sent it down at Central Michigan game last night for the Maction, which looked great. He's sending it down on Sunday for the Bills game that's had to be moved to Detroit. That's boys, by the way. They get my honorable mention as boys, moving the game away from the snow. Give me a break. Do what you have to do and get back in the snow. Charles, what do you think? I agree. Euler is down at, I believe, the base of a Breckenridge. I think it's peak eight. Unbelievable statue. Talking about statues last week. It's him. He's. It might have an error. I don't know what it is. Or a yeah. bow. Badass. Deer Valley got 60 inches in the last three days. Unbelievable. I, that might be the best man of the week to 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 this point but you know what i saw as soon as i saw they were predicting that much that much snow i was just gonna bet the under the under the under the under until you could not bet it anymore so i'm curious i will change my boy of the week to all the bookies that will not take back their under bets now that this game has now moved out of <laughs> buffalo did That's you see the photo max huh so apparently i saw a photo not long ago after they announced that they moved the game since Detroit's not playing at home this week, they thought the stadium was obviously free. The, like, whatever, Michigan State Fair has set up the, like, Ferris wheel and everything inside the stadium. They've got to get the entire carnival equipment out by Sunday now for the game. <laughs> it's literally all over the field. And they're like, we didn't think we'd have to move this stuff out now. And now they've got to get all the carnival workers and the equipment out by Sunday for the game. I just, I just say make him play. That make him play through it. Make Can you imagine Josh through. Allen throwing it through the Ferris wheel? It would be, yeah. Well, play <laughs> the snow or the Ferris wheel. Yeah, you've got to choose which one you want to go through. If you wanted to go through the county fair or the snow, <laughs> it would be hilarious. Could you imagine handing it off to the running back in four foot of snow and he just gets on his hands and knees and tries to burrow through so no one can see him? <laughs> it would be so good. I'm, it's such a shame. I, I'm guessing we will have some snow on Sunday, but it is such a shame we won't see that. All right. Twitter questions very quickly, guys. Uh, we've basically covered everything that got asked because it's just all about Georgia, and that'll come up in our predictions. Um, 
it's all about what can we prove, terrible weather, uh, UGA tight ends, will we have more sacks, 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 sacks. Um, here we go. Here's a question, and I don't really like these ones, but we do say we'll answer any question, Miles. So I guess we'll answer it. Would you rather swim 50 yards in a pool of your own urine or bear crawl 50 yards in a field covered with your own poop? Swim in my own urine. That's the easiest Yeah, I can swim way faster than I can bear crawl. I'm with why you there. Would you want to, why would you want to – you got to the poop in the urine. I saw, I saw a funny – I said it to Miles the other day. I saw a very funny joke. If you're in a pool, Charles, and there's a bunch of dudes, there's like 10 dudes in a pool, and one guy pees in it, no one blinks an eyelid. If you were to hop out of that pool and pee in it visibly, they'd be, you'd never be friends with them again. But it's the exact same result. I have a very funny story about that, actually. I'm not sure it's worth this podcast or not, but I have a friend that this is long ago. This is this is senior year of high school, pre-derby. Had a little pre-game, thought my parents were out of town. Turns out they weren't. My mom wasn't. And we, my parents had a pool in their backyard. My mother witnessed my friend do that into the pool versus peeing in the yard and i think she might have forgiven him you know a year ago but it's taken that long and my thing was mom people pee in the pool all the time but it's it's about the, the precedence the visibility yeah she it's has about... forgiven me charles to be clear she forgave me <laughs> there you go. I, it was not miles I was if, I, if i was her i would have grabbed his head and held it underneath um <laughs> All right, Miles, I've got one good question. Sorry, so to everyone that writes in the Twitter questions, we love them, but I think we've basically already answered them because it's always 5 million Scangarellos um, questions. Here's one, though, that is kind of a Scangarello question, but we haven't covered it. I feel like we can cover it in about a minute. It's slash M slash Brandon in capital letters slash M slash, and his name is Cougar Branded 52 so he must be a good-looking older male or female. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you believe college football isn't the right place for a pro-style offense? It seems like the most potent offense team, offensive teams in the country are teams that run a wide-open spread air raid offense, Miles. Ooh, that is a good question. Yeah. Um, I think it's Zach Wilson's burner. Um, I would say the caveat to that stuff that I've been like reading up on and seeing, and I think is true, you take Tennessee's offense, you take whoever else you want to say is high-flying Ohio State, that takes really, 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 really talented quarterback and wide receiver play and O-line play to be as successful as they are. And I know you could say if you have those guys, that any offense will be as successful. Maybe. But, like, I don't feel like if you just put our offense or our personnel in Tennessee system, I don't think you'd be seeing 35, 40 points a game because I don't think we've got the same personnel that they do currently. Yeah. Um, uh, Hendon, Hendon Hooker's – Arm talent. I mean, we've got Will Levis who, who could probably do yeah. the same thing, but Hendon Hooker's arm talent's unbelievable to be able to run that. Here's the thing as well I didn't hear people complaining about the pro style offense last year with Colin. Like exactly. Hey, Miles, and we say it every week there's no magic play. You call the play, you call it. And Charles, it seems like Georgia shut down the little air raid offense pretty well against Tennessee yeah. a couple weeks yeah. ago. So it was raining that game in, in the second half, but. I mean, I agree. Let, let's let's look at the facts here. What's the difference between college football and NFL in regards to some smaller rules, something like a pass interference, it's a spot foul versus 15 yards. The field's still the same size. The hashes are a little tighter. So tell me what the difference is. 
Yeah. So people, I, people ask me that question all the time. I just don't understand. This is the only thing that I will say. Defensively in the NFL, you've got the best defensive players, obviously, in the world. Therefore, they make a lot of open field tackles. So the scheming around that is can't just be like, I'm going to get it to some guy and he'll just make a bunch of guys miss. That's a lot of Bama. That's a lot of Tennessee. It's just like, I mean, them when they've had the best wide receivers, now they don't this year. Now you got Judy and Rugs and Waddle and all Devontae these. Smith. Devontae Smith. Let's just get them in a yard of space and they'll probably make three guys miss. I feel like that's not a very complicated offense, but it's effective in college. I don't feel it works the same way in NFL. So I think that might be the only difference, but I don't know. Um, I thought you guys were going to add to that. <laughs> I, I'll, the last thing I'll say on it, I don't disagree with what you're saying 100%, but I also think if you ran the air raid type offense with maybe the best running back in school history as your running back, it wouldn't be best utilizing the tools that you have. Yeah. Um. Our favorite, well, our second favorite coach, probably the greatest recruiter in the country, probably the greatest recruiter in the world, probably the greatest Frito eater in the world, probably the best dancer in the world, probably the best steal your food at Jeff Ruby's in the world. Probably there's just so many things about him that make him great. The big dog. We're playing against the dogs, Miles, and this is the big dog, though. Who is your big dog of the week? Reminder to everyone listening. You've got to be a 10 or more point underdog and you've got to win money line. There's no consolation prizes. There are no honorable losses. Money line wins, 10 point or more underdog, Miles Butler. Clemson football is in utter despair right now. They're down. They're out. They're struggling. Dabo doesn't know what to do. The quarterback situation's in trouble. Clemson has fallen from their highest, highest achieving ever, best team of all time level with Trevor Lawrence to Sean Watson. They are down in the dumps. Miami, who has been even worse, saves the season and goes in and wins at Clemson as 19-point dogs on Saturday. There you go. Anytime you want to go against uh, – anytime you want to – sorry, one second. Um, anytime you want to go against Dabo, Miles, you'll make me a happy, happy man. Yeah. So you've made me very happy there. Charles, who's your big dog? My big dog. It's a tough week. There's a lot of high spreads. There's a lot of teams I don't really watch too much of. I've watched this team once. I've followed them, not religiously, but they're coming off a nice little win against a good North Carolina State team. They won by one. They're playing at, not the big house, but at Touchdown Jesus, at Catholics versus Convicts. Boston College is plus 20 at Notre Dame. Notre Dame has lost at home to Marshall and should have maybe lost to Navy. I'm taking Boston College. Boston College, the home of Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, okay. Rambler. I hate when we do this, but I do like sneaking it in. But I see, I think whenever we do an honorable mention, it goes terrible. I've got an honorable mention that I'd like to sneak in because I do like him. University of North Carolina Tar Heels are going to lose eventually. They have to. They're not that good. They're eight and one. They're not going to just keep winning. Or nine and one, I think. They're not just going to keep winning. They can't just keep rolling through. Georgia Tech at 21 point underdogs. They're my honorable mention. I just don't. I'm going to take them money line this weekend. Uh, They just can't keep winning. And they're going to drop one to a team soon. I mean, they almost lost App State. And App State haven't even been that good. I mean, App State beat Texas A&M. But since then, they've been pretty miserable. So I think they're going to go down this week. But my dog is... When you make a bowl game, Miles, for the first time in a long, long time, you are riding high. 
You are just over the moon. There's nothing that could go. It's like you've just pulled the greatest girl from the club with Tom, surrounded by Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Brad Pitt, George Clooney. They're all around you and you've just grabbed her and you've left and you your heart beats up, the serotonin's up. You just feel like the greatest human in the world. The Yukon Huskies have just made their first bowl game in a, in probably forever. Probably since back in the Kemba Walker days when he was also the best football player. They are 10-point underdogs this week against Army. 10 against Army, and they just beat Liberty. They're my pick of the week, Miles. I can't. I thought they'd be favorites. Jim Calhoun's not coming through that door to save them. Jim Calhoun the is not. To pick against freaking Army. Can't believe it. Just can't believe it. I'm sorry. I don't like militaries going down. But if there was ever going to be a fall of the American military, it's this week against the Huskies. Yeah, I think most American citizens would prefer Army to lose than the actual Army to go down. <laughs> uh, well, so we've got, to recap, UConn, Boston College. Boston College. Who'd you take Maybe off? Georgia Tech and Maybe Miami. Tech and Miami. Very good. Very good. So there you go. The Eagles. Go, go. If you're all betting it, if you're all betting it, there you go. All right, we talked a little bit of Georgia. We didn't seem overly positive. I need, Charles, you had your warm-up last week and you were very caught back by all the questions in this, but I need your score prediction. I need something that you think we will definitely see in this game, and I need your MVP. Go ahead. God, I hate that you put me first because I, I do not want to be a homer. I don't love being a homer. Georgia's a great football team. I, I just I just think that we can do it. I really do. Wow. Wow. I really do. I'm hoping for uh, – what's the weather forecast? Does anyone have it on them right cold. now? Cold. Very cold. Cold, but sunny love and a cold. little wind. Cold and a little wind. It's a little sunny. It's 3.30. That means we go into half. Oh, God, we're going to go in a half down 21 to 7. I can feel it now. It's not good, but it, it was good. We had a couple big plays, but we had a turnover, and it's not what you need. Then we come out. It gets a little darker. It gets a little bit colder. I'm going to take UK 24, Georgia 21, last-second field goal wow. by Matt, the big, spicy Italian rough We We shut them out for a half? Uh-huh. We shut him out for a half. You wow. okay. 21. There's all for being positive, and I'm all for it. I'm I'm all in on that train. Do you genuinely think we can win? No. Yeah. <laughs> he yes, just shook I his do. head no. Well, <laughs> this is on video, Chuck. Your camera yes, is I on. Do. Yes, I do. He's pulling a Jeffrey Tubin and he doesn't remember that the camera's on. <laughs> I know it's on, mofos. It's a good football team. Um, I think Stoops will have him ready to go this week. I think it's an ultimate bounce back week for us. And I think we've got guys to compete. I just don't think we have the depth to hang with them. Um, I think the first half's competitive, but I think we have a couple crucial errors. Like I'm with Chuck. I could see like a pick six and then like a special teams touchdown from Georgia. And it's like 31-14 Georgia. We hang around and it's closed probably at half. They kind of blow it up in the second half, and it never gets out of hand, but it's also never like we're really in the game either. Um, I want to be Charles Walker right now. I really do. No, I, you I, don't. I want to be him and and come in and be the, the ray of sunshine, Miles, on a dark, gloomy day. 
but we have to be honest and we have to give our real thoughts and I just can't say I can't see I can't see a galvanization of the group from all the stuff that's going on. If if there was no none of this come out, blast each other in the media, and we were just playing badly, but we were still a unit, I could see us getting up for this game because it's going to be cold. They're at Kentucky, you know, they're probably and now there's no look past games, but like they're probably already thinking, well, we're already in the SEC championship, so we don't need to play super, super hard here. Let's get through unscathed. But I can't see it with this group. I just can't. I think we, we're almost looking past it too. We almost want the season to finish. I hope we get up for the Louisville game because I don't want to lose to those bastards. I'm sorry, I probably can't say that. Don't want to lose to them. But I just, I can't see it. I think I think we get shut out. I really do. I, I just don't think we can run the ball. So I don't think we're going to be able to score. I don't know who we're going to rely on to move the ball down the field for us. I think they win 24-0. I think we hold up pretty well on defense as per usual. Um, but I think 24-0, uh, we go down. And then we just, honestly, pull Will at halftime, pull Barry on, pull, pull everyone at halftime, and just let's get ready for Louisville. That's the one I want to win. I don't care about this week. I'd love to see. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can't do that. If you, if you do that, you lose recruits. Not only pull. Not only pull these players. I know you're kidding. But – if you come out and you lose and you put a goose egg up and we get smoked forty-eight to seven, we're gonna have commitments drop. This is a game that every recruit is watching. This is a game that every well, that's not parents true. are watching. That's not, okay, that's not true though because of two of the last three years we haven't scored a touchdown. We got shut out once. We scored three points once, and we scored thirteen in the other game. We've never been able to keep up with but Georgia. It, but it was different because last year but at they, Georgia we fought till the end. You can't just pull the guys at half. There was no NIL. Okay, I'm I'm obviously joking about pulling them, but I mean I mean just like I I just 24-0 is fine for me. Who cares? Let's just get through and get to Louisville and not get blown out by forty. Didn't have NIL last year. Didn't have NIL two years ago. Now it's a money game. So not only is it Charger. tradition, not only is it respecting a coach, respecting an academic program, um, knowing that if my child does not make the NFL after football, he's going to be okay. Right now. These schools like Tennessee, like Texas A&M, like Georgia, they can pay the big bucks. We're behind the wheel. This is a game that we need to at least compete in, and we need to show that we want to win this football okay. in order to keep recruits. Okay. How – it's really not what the scoreline is going to look like for me because we said that at the start. But if we had to put a score on it, and this is the last question and then we're out of here, how many points do you want us to be within for it to be respectable? Do we have to just cover the spread or does it have to be better than that? Yeah, we have to cover 22 and a half. You got to cover that. That's it? That's all you want to say? I mean, yeah, if we lose yeah. 65 to 20, that's not good. If okay. we lose 17-0, it's not good, but we fought our butts off. Okay, Miles? Again, I, I think I said this about a different game earlier in the year, maybe Tennessee, but it's, it's more about how the game goes. Yes, I'd like to see us cover, but if Georgia's up 14 or what 15, whatever the spread is, and they score a late touchdown to cover by a point versus if mm. they're up 28 and we sneak one in in garbage time, the results are similar, but the game's completely different. I would like to see in the middle of the third quarter, Georgia to at least be tested somewhat where they're like, we're actually in a pretty close football game. Okay. Um, I'll give my final thoughts and we're done. 
I don't really care. It's what it is what it is at the moment for me on offense. And yeah, if we came out and scored 30, then we'd be like, great, that's awesome. And Scangarolo has probably saved his job. We're not, it's not going to happen. And if it does, I'll be the first one to admit that I'm wrong. I just want to see us compete on defense. I'd love to see us keep them under 28 points. Keeping them under 28 points to me would mean that we just fought and we fought on that side of the ball and maybe we can't move the ball right now and we've got to make some changes, but that would be big for me. Want to see us keep them under 28 points. That would be it. I don't really care if it's 28 or 27-0, but I just want to keep them under 28 points. That would show that we've got some fight. Miles or Mike Butler, as your YouTube says, uh, Charles Walker and slash Dekel Crowdis that came on for a little bit. We appreciate you guys as always. Um, if you go into the game, probably like me and Mike, then stay warm, please, Chuck. It's going to be a long weekend. Hopefully, I'd love to see some snow in our game. You guys stay safe. It's been another great episode. Thanks.